Grandpa Jim, Motivation Central Station. We are going to talk about some topics that aren't talked about, but the addiction is very strong and alive and well across this planet, and it is sex addiction. Also probably talk a little bit about video game addiction in there as well, and I want to talk about... Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein right away and um, there's a strong possibility that I would diagnose them uh, with sex addiction. Um, I would like to know a little bit more about their backgrounds. I've been able to track down some information on Ghislaine's family and I've yet to do so on Jeffrey Epstein's but I uh, there's a couple of things to know about sex addiction. Um One is that they wanted to do Harvard Health or somebody therein like Harvard Health wanted to do a study on pornography. And so the problem is you need a controlled group and you need, uh, you know, people that are um, coming forth saying I have sex addiction and then uh, and and I've watched porn and the effects about it. And then you need a group that's never seen it. And the problem is that they cannot find anybody, enough people that have not seen it. So if you think you're above this uh, podcast, I would think that at some point, it's not a moral dilemma. See, this is the thing where people get confused with addiction. So there's a lot of kids walking around today with peanut allergies, right? So if they have some peanuts and their neck will swell up and uh, maybe get some hives from the peanuts um, with like substance abuse addiction, when people that have addiction put these substances in their body, uh, like myself, uh, my wife can have a drink and just walk away and say, oh, I'm getting tipsy. And for an alcoholic, our bodies crave, you know, once we get started and we get that craving in motion, it does not stop. So how do we get away from that? We don't pick up the first drink, which I haven't picked up a drug drink or anything in, uh, you know, over a decade and a half. And prior to that, uh, for two decades, I didn't pick up. So I've been uh, probably sober more years than I've been alive nowadays. Uh, but anyway, so, and I, I like to call uh, things white addictions too. So you can be addicted to things like over-exercise, under-eating, overeating. Um, some of these things can be hidden really well. Um, and one thing with sex addiction is it can be really well, you know, um, hidden. And so uh, typically people that do get addictions in general um, are usually younger. Usually it's from trauma or lack of uh, attachment. And sex addiction really, you know, falls in this category. You can kind of break, you know, uh, sex addiction into an intimacy problem too. So, People get confused. They think love is sex versus uh, more uh, 
intimate caring and that sort of thing. So, but I want to talk about, well, how could uh, Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine uh, Maxwell, how could they be sex addicts? Well, one, number one, I know uh, Ghislaine was very um, unattended with her father and her mother. I mean, they sent her off to boarding schools and when, when kids really need that love, loving bond, it's early in their life. And so um, I could see that coming. Again, I haven't looked at uh, Jeffrey's um, psych social assessment yet, but I could definitely see that uh, with Elaine. And, you know, so here are people that have, it's like people, you know, they have the most access to anything that us common financial people, you know, only dream about the luxury life. Uh, she's going into uh, royal castles and and uh, ships and yachts. Uh, and then you're like, well, what do they need, you know? So kind of like an alcoholic starts off, they just need a beer, right? That works pretty well. Uh, they don't want to feel feelings, so one beer kind of does the trick. And then uh, I'm really feeling crappy today or I'm really feeling great. You know, I'm really feeling crappy today. So, you know, the one beer isn't working for me anymore. So now I'm going to have two beers and maybe I'll do a shot of whiskey with that. Oh, yeah, I feel better now. Or uh, to heighten emotions, too. So maybe I'm just got to raise at my job or I'm a salesperson and I sold that home and I got this big paycheck coming and now I want to even feel more elated. So I'm going to have a few drinks and that's going to, you know, even put me over the top, right? So the problem with these kind of things is what goes up must come down. I always say they look like a bell curve. So, you know, everything's hunky-dory on the way up, right? So uh, okay, I'm not feeling really great. I'm not working. I can't pay my bills. So now the two beers and the shot's not working. Now I'm just going to switch to mixed drinks, and I'm just going to use mixed drinks now. And I'm going to try to avoid the problem. And everything's going great. I always say the great thing about, you know, using and uh, any type of addiction is it feels really great on the way up. But the problem is, is on the way down. Like there's nothing that'll make you, uh, you know, people out there that have used cocaine and they'll tell you that once you start coming off that, you know, you go below normal. Like, like now you feel five times as miserable as you did before, you know, so... When people can abstain from their addictive behaviors, uh, they don't go through that terrible cycle of guilt, shame, and remorse anymore, you know. So that's the beauty of recovery. So my point is, like Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, they probably, you know, uh, you know, they were obviously living a very hedonistic lifestyle, but when the, you know, they kept escalating the game because they're not getting the feeling or the high out of it anymore. So 
uh, you know, I need it uh, to be with uh, one person once a week. Now it's two people. Now it's three. Now it's, you know, it's out of control. And um, the thing, like I said, the thing about sex addiction is you, people can hide it so well. And it's so taboo in our country to talk about it. And sex, you know, it's one of these addictions too, like food. You, you need it, right? I mean, everybody's goal in life uh, is to have, not everybody, but the majority of people want to have families and have kids and, you know, and, and that's the beauty of, you know, sex and is the, you know, when I look into my children's eyes, when I look into my grandkids' eyes, I go, whoa, that is really crazy. I am looking at people (laughs) that look like me. It's when you take these things to the extreme where you're, uh, you know, pulling in young kids to, uh, you know, for your satisfaction. Those are all illegal things, too, I might add. And uh, so um, if you think you are struggling with addiction, uh, sex addiction, there's a lot of resources out there. Um, When we studied this in school, I remember a book called Out of the Shadows, uh, so I remember the first couple of paragraphs. So this guy is the sex addict and he's driving down this two lane street and uh, he pulls up to the traffic light and there's a female in the other car and he looks over and she smiles back at him and his thought is, oh, she likes me. And she's just being kind and courteous. They go up to the next light and he looks over and he's making contact. She's not really making eye contact. Eventually she makes eye contact and he's like signaling for her to pull over. <laughs> and then she keeps driving and he thinks, oh, uh, you know, she's going to pull over. And eventually she pulls into a, a police station because she thinks this guy is following and harass her. But in his mind, he thinks so our uh, perceptions get skewed. And so um, that's an interesting book if you want to see if you, you know, number one, if you're listening to this and you're at all engaged or you're even thinking you have a problem, uh, there's probably a good chance you have some type of problem. A lot of this stuff can be, you know, um, a lot of this is like a five-year thing. Uh, some of it's maturity as age goes on of people growing out of this kind of stuff. Um, so some of the therapies that work are there are sex abuse, uh, sex abuse, sex addiction, addiction. Uh, counselors out there a lot of times they'll work individually with you usually it's a problem driving it like the trauma that lack of intimacy is you know driving it and pushing it and there's a lot of uh, healing and group therapies for that kind of thing to get together with other people that have these similar uh, situations and then there's also support groups there's 12-step groups, there's uh, Sex Addicts Anonymous, there's Sexaholics Anonymous, and there's Sex and Love Addict 
national organizations. Uh, and there's probably chapters if you're in a major city or with the uh, advent of Zoom meetings, they might even be do, doing something like that. Or they may have phone lines uh, really uh, that you can tap into 800 numbers where it's like a group chat and uh, stay quite anonymous. But there is help out there for sure uh, with that for sure. So um, the other thing I wanted to talk about as well um, was video gaming and in our culture kids today you know right now it's probably even getting worse with the coronavirus and kids being home from school and in korea here in the united states we're just starting to tackle people with uh gaming addiction but in like countries like europe um and asia i know korea south South Korea has over 700 treatment centers just for video game addiction. So, folks, if you don't think that this can damage your kids um, and, you know, an important part, this is something that I read, is that people that design the games in Silicon Valley, they don't let their kids play the games and they uh, send their kids to school that are low tech. So that's a big thing out in that area is to send your kid to the old fashioned schools where the kid gets his hand in the dirt and the mud and um, they get great social connections. They keep their kids away from that. A lot of those games are designed like um, Oh, that Candy Crush, I don't play it. I'm aware of it. And I've heard some and read some stuff about the programming of that game. Or be this would be equated to Casino. You know, they put a lot of bells and whistles in there. And you get this perceived feeling that you're winning all the time. Because when people win, they get a dopamine rush in their brain. And they tend to feel good. And so your kid, you know, he might feel good after he wins this prize. And then he gets really, really angry and frustrated when he gets stuck on the game. So they're actually designing these things to be a little bit easier nowadays to just keep giving their reward and to get them to buy the next game. And so that might be something you parents want to be aware of. And so um, other than that, I just... uh, Wanted to get on here, and if you have a problem with this, uh, definitely can be managed and helped out, but not until you take action. Um, just like when we set goals on this channel, the only one that's going to help you get to your goal, besides me, is yourself. Like, I can't do the work for you. I can encourage you. I can cheer you on. But at the end of the day... If you want to, you know, put all the apples in a bushel basket, you need to get out there and <laughs> put them in the basket. You know what I'm saying? So um, so if you want to get better and get healthy, it's a process. And just as things are learned, uh, negative things can be learned. They can be unlearned. And we substitute 
bad habits with good healthy habits. So hey, thanks for hanging out with Grandpa Jim today on Motivation Central Station. If you like this kind of thing, uh, if you could hit subscribe, if you like what I'm talking about, if you could share it on multiple platforms, that would be awesome. And hey, uh, go out there and help somebody today. And if you don't have anything to give, you can always give a smile.